Hello and welcome to another episode of TalkScript. I'll be your host today, Nick Nisi, and I'm joined today by Neil Roberts. Hey, Neil. I'm just happy to be here. And also Paul Shannon. Hey, howdy. And we have a special guest today who's going to talk to us about Flow versus TypeScript, and that's Mr. Carson Howard. Carson, would you like to say hello? Yeah. Hey, I'm excited to be here. I'm super stoked to talk with you guys. It's going to be a ton of fun. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Sure. So right now I'm a senior developer at a company called Axosoft. We have a product called Git Kraken that's a Git GUI. It's written in Electron, so we have React on the front end. It effectively uses Node in the back end, and we use some flow typing in there as well. And then we have some other products, like uh, it's called Git Kraken Glow. It's very similar to Trello, and that's in React with the Node back end. And we have some TypeScript products as well that are more internal, and we're starting to roll out TypeScript to Glow as well. So I've been a developer for a few years. I've only been at Axosoft for about 13 months, and that's really where my primary Node and React experiences come from, as well as using Flow and TypeScript. Very cool. So Get Cracking Glow, just is that a, a very recent new tool that came out? Yeah, it's probably a few months old right now. I think we officially released it in March. So if you just go to getkraken.com, you can find both products, the GUI client and Glow. Both of them are free to use, and you don't need to use both at the same time. You could just use Glow, you just use Get Kraken, however you'd like to. Very cool. Nice. Oh, Nick's actually teaching a Git workshop, so you might just be able to cancel the Git oh, workshop now. Oh, there you Nick, go. Then... <laughs> Git Kraken's just too easy, so, you know, it makes the whole Git workshop kind of superfluous. <laughs> it's, if it's... Admittedly, I have tried Git Kraken, and it is one of the nicer GUIs that I've used. Awesome. That's so, great. Yeah, great thank you for that. Cool. So, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about TypeScript versus Flow today, and if you've listened to any of the previous podcasts, you know that uh, at SitePen, we're really big users and proponents of TypeScript, but we haven't used Flow uh, a whole lot. So we're going to try and not gang up on you uh, <laughs> with, with, uh, with TypeScript versus Flow, but why don't we start off maybe by you telling us a little bit about what Flow is? Sure. Sure. So don't worry about ganging up too much. If, uh, <laughs> anyone who's gone to my Phoenix TypeScript talk on this knows that I'm more of a TypeScript fan. But ah. I've used Flow enough to know what it is and know what it can do. So Flow is very similar to TypeScript. It's a typing system that sits in JavaScript, uh, sits on top of the JavaScript, basically allows you to make things a little bit safer, right? There's some key differences to it. For one, it just goes into your regular JavaScript files. So you get those type annotations that are look very similar to TypeScript, almost identical in a lot of ways. But you don't have the .ts extension or .flow extension or anything like that. They actually have just a little annotation. It's just a comment at flow at the top to basically say when flow checks, it's going to go ahead and look at this file and determine if the type annotations are legitimate or not, right? So, so if you don't have that annotation, it doesn't check the file? No, I think it just ignores it. So as long as long as you don't forget ever to put that annotation on top, you're, you're safe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So if you don't put it there, it's going to ignore it in the flow check. Thankfully, you know, it's run through Babel flow as opposed to like a compiler. So it'll still strip out the flow annotations. You're not going to like mess up your production JavaScript. But yeah, it just won't type check it. And that's not very fun. Cool. So yeah, looking at flow.org, which appears to be the, the website for it, it does look very similar to TypeScript in a lot of ways. Like the type annotations are really the same way with a like the variable name, colon, and then the type. So that's pretty cool. And then yeah, I do see in every example they have a flow, an at flow comment uh, at the top of that. 
Very cool. You mentioned that you use Flow a little bit in, uh, I think, Git Kraken is what you said. What led you to that decision? And have you seen benefits from having at least some type of typed JavaScript in that application? Yeah, so I wasn't here when the original decision was made, but when the decision was made, it was effectively that uh, Git Kraken was getting pretty big and pretty complicated. And it's, it gets hard in a large system to manage what you're doing in pure JavaScript. I mean, I think there are a few people who might disagree, but frankly, it just it gets messy. You do things like spread, and you know it just gets hard to track down exactly what you're doing, what the objects look like. So they decided to use Flow, because at the time, I believe Flow was a little bit more, it was a little bit more advanced than TypeScript, and so it was a, a natural choice. And it also integrates very easily with the JavaScript files, in the sense that you can just add the at Flow and put the typing in there, right? So we've seen some benefit. There's some pretty hairy parts of Git Kraken that have some complicated types, and we definitely get some safety there. And that's nice. We don't have flow typing everywhere in the repo, so we probably only have 30 to 50% coverage. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. Even so, you can imagine that still leads us to having some problems with the flow type files because you can't guarantee what's coming in at runtime, right? So it adds some benefit. It doesn't add all the benefit we would like to see. But there are some other problems with it too. Gitkraken being so large, the flow tooling kind of struggles with that. And so it makes the whole type checking process and actually using flow effectively very difficult and kind of in the way. So there's benefit. We've talked about TypeScript. I think Gitkraken's too big and too far along to be able to do that right away. We don't really have the bandwidth at the moment to be able to make that transition and, and flow's working fine in the areas that we're using it. So we're probably not gonna move Get cracking over to TypeScript, but we are looking to move some other products to TypeScript. So if that says anything about the flow process, it's just, it's good. It's better than nothing, but it's got its issues. When you chose to use flow, are you using like the comment notation? Because you can do flow in JavaScript right. comments, or you can do flow using more TypeScript notation with a, you know, a transpiler-ish type approach. Right. We have some areas where we do use the comment notation, but we don't use it exclusively. The only reason we use the comment notation is basically we have some places where we have exact types. And in Flow, unlike TypeScript, you don't get exact types for free. So in TypeScript, you have like an interface or a type. You pretty much can't extend those unless you added a special key that's like, hey, the, the property name is string and it's of type any or whatever, right? That's how you can extend it effectively. In Flow, if you don't put pipes inside of the curly braces for your object it just lets you add whatever you want and only checks the width of the type to basically say hey does it have these things that we absolutely require if so great we don't care about the rest right so there are some places in react with like props and state where we want the exact types because we don't want to allow any weird variability there and we want flow to be a little bit more safe and you can't do type spreading very well with exact types and so we use the comment types in those instances to like build our props better our prop type uh, as opposed to like when you have react redux you have the connect the map state to props map dispatch to props you kind of need to intersect those types to make them the total props of the react component and i know this is a lot that i'm talking about right now but this is where we use them and basically when you want to intersect to exact types there's problems with flow so you have to use spread typing which is literally like the type equals type A, which is spread, and type B, which is spread, and it like takes all the, the different properties of those types and adds them together to one 
massive type. And you can't do that well with the exact type, so we use comment types there because it kind of overrides that and lets us still use the prop type. So it's kind of a weird way that we use it, uh, kind of like a hacky way to get around some problems with flow, but we do use them. Huh. That's interesting. So it, it forces you into a pattern where you have to pick and choose which approach you want to use, and yes. you can't. Oh, okay. Yeah, very much so. Well, that's that's interesting because um, I've only I've I, I've known flow as as being something that you can kind of drop in and then start using, and it used to be really good at just picking up what your intentions are and trying to type check as much as it can. Does it tell you what it's type checking, or do you have a general idea of what it's type checking when you drop it in, or is it just like a linting tool where you kind of hope that it's doing the best? job for you. So as long as you have the flow annotations, or the flow comment I mean, to basically say that flow is going to check it, you can guarantee it's going to try to check that file. Now if you don't have everything annotated, it's going to do some inference there and it might mess up and that's where you might run into issues. And so in that regard, once you have the, the flow comment, like you're good. You know that it's going to do the best it possibly can there. If you use comment types everywhere, well then it's kind of like a, a a hope, I think. It, it should still work the same, it's just their comments, so they're not going to be transpiled out, unless you transpile out all your comments, right? So it's more, it's safer than like a linter tool where you're just kind of like hoping, but it's it's that similar process where you're not, you're kind of running it after the fact. You know how TypeScript, you have to compile it to even get your code to run it? With flow, you have to transpile, sure, but you don't necessarily need to do a flow check to transpile it. So the flow check's like another thing you do, another step in the process like linting, and sometimes you forget to do that, sometimes it takes a really long time, sometimes it's just kind of a pain, and that kind of makes the process a little bit less fun and less productive than TypeScript. Can you talk a little bit about the differences in approach between Flow and TypeScript? From what I understand, like one of the reasons it's called Flow is that it's supposed to be very good at, I think you were saying, like inferring what variable types are supposed to be and then tracing it up through the code. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So Flow has specific goals that are a little different than TypeScript. They specifically want to go for precision and type safety. Like they are going for as strict and type safe as possible. And I think they are more strict than TypeScript in a lot of ways. It's just harder to get around some certain issues. They do a pretty good job of that. The difference in approach in terms of like tooling is you, you don't do everything up front. Like I was saying, with TypeScript, you have to compile to even get your production code. And when you do that compilation step, uh, it does the type checking for you. So unless you're literally ignoring all the errors, um, you kind of are forced to view them and forced to address them, right? With Flow, you can run it through Babel and do whatever you want and take out the type annotations at any point. And then there's a separate service called uh, Flow Bin when you install it, Flow-Bin, that runs in the background. And say you have it plugged in with VS Code or whatever, it'll just kind of run in the background and do its thing. But if you actually want to type check, you have to go to the command line and run this process. And it doesn't actually affect the output. It doesn't output anything. It just kind of tells you if everything's good. So it does a good job with the type safety when you're running it. And it does infer very well, I think a little bit better than TypeScript. But the actual process of using it is a little bit more difficult. And uh, we definitely suffer from that and get cracking in a lot of ways. Yeah, when we were talking at the, the meetup, you were saying that the tooling can be difficult. Like, what are the challenges there? Yeah, so the tooling can be difficult, and I honestly think it's probably the hardest thing to deal with with Flow. So, like I was saying, we have this Flow bin service that you have to install, and it's basically a server that runs in the background. So, when you want to run a Flow check, what happens is it spins up this new service, 
has to load in all the files, do whatever it does, and it kind of takes a while. So the first problem we run into is in a large repo like Gitkraken, it takes a really long time. One of the things with Flow is even if you don't have the at, at flow at the top, it still seems to process those files for some reason, and maybe there's a setting that we don't have turned off or something like that. So it'll bring them all in anyway and run through to check if they have the at flow annotations, right? And uh, Gitkraken's huge. And that takes a really long time. So when you spin up this service and those files aren't cached and that information is not cached in the service, it could take upwards of two to five minutes to run the flow check on Gitkraken, which is a huge productivity loss, right? And we actually, uh, on Windows, we found that the tooling's especially bad. It's just very unreliable. And a lot of times you have to do full flow checks every time you want to recheck the typing so you can't rely on the caching layer in that service. You have to shut it down and start it again. So it takes five minutes to check, right? So we actually have a Docker container that spins up Ubuntu and runs the flow check in Ubuntu on our files to kind of get around that. And it's a little faster, but still not really. And that's kind of part of the problem. The other problem is the editor integration is not super good, in my opinion. I use VS Code primarily. Atom might be better. A lot of my coworkers use Atom as well. Uh, but in VS Code, setting it up is difficult. You have to, there's like two different plugins. There's the Flow plugin and the Flow IDE plugin. And I don't really know which one you're supposed to use. I always have both installed and I always kind of set both up and eventually it kind of works. But what happens is in the background, it's running this Flow server and it does give you the in-editor kind of like squigglies, right? To tell you when something's wrong, it gives you in-editor errors. But if you want to go to the command line, to run the service to do the flow checking again, you have to do another full check because that service is running in the background for VS Code. And when you try to run just the service and take advantage of the caching, it almost never can resolve this problem. And it always says, oh, I can't connect to the server. I don't know what you want. And the only way to get around that is to shut it down and restart a new one. So the biggest problem tends to be that it just takes forever to do these flow checks and the tooling is not good enough to mitigate that. And we run into it a lot and get cracking. Yeah, especially when you have a five-minute build, that's <laughs> yeah. got to be painful and painfully noticeable when you have to stop your server. I would cry tears. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine a lot of Webpack or processes have watchers in the background, right? So a lot of times you'll make a change, it'll go ahead and run whatever it needs to do, and you can just restart or to hot reload or whatever, and you're good to go. And that works fine with, with TypeScript because the compilation step is pretty fast, and that's one of their goals is to keep that extremely fast and productive. But with Flow... We just had problems where it gets so long, you, you can't put it in that step. You just can't put it in the watcher. I mean, it'd be five minutes before your watcher reloads, right? That's literally just not feasible. It doesn't even make sense. And then every time you make a change and save, you got the same thing, you could just never watch. So again, part of the problem is this flow process becomes almost secondary to you because you can't do it all the time and you then end up forgetting it. Or you push to CI, open a PR, push to CI, and you've got 50 flow errors for some reason, and you're like, oh my gosh, and you have to go try to fix them. And you know, you could just imagine that process, the time just starts to build up and build up, and it's almost like we get the type safety, that's great, but is it worth it to spend so much time trying to fix these? That's kind of the big question. Is that really kind of part of the main reason that you're looking to switch over to TypeScript from Flow? Yeah, definitely for me. I'm a big advocate of productivity first. So if the tooling gets in your way, the tooling's pointless in a lot of ways. Um, it's not always true, but 
I found that the experience with TypeScript is a little bit more fluid. They do a better job of keeping it fast and iterative for you. It's more like direct. You kind of have to do the compilation steps, so like you're forced to interact with TypeScript a little bit more than with Flow, and uh, it does keep things a little bit more productive. And it, and it makes the typing feel more useful because you're you're dealing with it all the time, right? So you have to read it, you have to fix it, you have to use it. With Flow, it's kind of like, well, you could do it, or you could just try to ignore this file and hope that everything's good, kind of. So, you know, it, it, it becomes a really, really hard thing to, to deal with when you have, you know, time crunches and stuff like that. You were talking about flow and coverage and usage. Does flow have like a code coverage utility then? It does. So that flow server does more than just the type checking. There's actually a bunch of commands with it. So one of them is coverage. You can actually get the coverage out that it detects. Yeah, out of all the files it's pulling in, how much is typed? So it'll go in and calculate all that and be like, oh, you have 30% coverage. And that does a good job. It's just, you know, again, it's slow. So that would be kind of equivalent to TypeScript's strict type checking, potentially, where you can, you can set all of those flags and then uh, it will complain uh, about everything. Oh yeah, flow is flow is strict by default like that. It's probably a little bit stricter. I think there are some things you can turn off, but we never have. I personally don't think it makes sense to start taking stuff off the type system. You're using it for a reason. So I like the strict typing. That's just me. What does it look like to set up a project that didn't have typing and you're adding flow to it? Would you start with like local variables and then like see how flow resolves that and then continue from there? Yeah, probably. So if I was starting in an existing project that didn't have flow. One, you gotta get all the tooling set up, right? And that's just kind of what you're always gonna have to deal with with anything. And then I'd probably pick the low-hanging fruit files, the stuff that doesn't have a lot of other things depending on it, or I should say the stuff that doesn't have maybe a lot of dependencies because it's gonna have less exposure to the outside world, right? Something that maybe has few modules that it uses that you can't type yourself or something like that, that or maybe doesn't have a lot of complicated objects. And I would just start to slowly type function after function, variable after variable, object after object, and kind of simple typing, just to get it going. And then, yeah, you could do one file at a time, make it at flow, you could type check it as, as best you possibly can, and then move on from there. That's how I would approach it too. It's probably the simplest approach. So if you had a project, let's say you had like a function where something was sending it a number, right? And it was expecting a string and you couldn't track it down and you hadn't added any types to your project, would flow be a good tool to say like, this variable should be a string and then run flow, and then it would be able to find out what is potentially passing it a number instead. If you had all of those function signatures in one file, or you typed all the files that use the function, then sure, it it worked great. So you'd have to you have to type everything out though, not just that variable. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you it it won't be able to just track everything down, but I could be wrong. Do you know if Flow can use JS Stock like TypeScript does now? I don't think it can. I was just looking at that because I know. It has the JS docs and it has some just regular JS checking in TypeScript, but I don't think Flow does. But again, this is something I could be wrong about. I don't think so, though. I think you need the explicit Flow typing. I was also going to ask about another TypeScript feature uh, that I think has been around since 2.3, maybe, which is TS check, uh, a comment that you can add to a JavaScript file. Do you know how that might compare to, to Flow's checking? So the TS check, explain to me what that does again. It's a comment that you can add to a JavaScript file, and then it will... Oh, right, right. Yeah. Right, so it's kind of like the JS docs. You're telling it to just check this JS. Yeah, again, I'm not totally sure Flow has something to do that. The problem with Flow is the docs are extraordinarily limited. So if you go on there, you'll see a bunch of stuff, and they tell you a bit, but there's like things that just aren't 
there. You just kind of got to stumble upon them. So I don't think it does anything with the JS docs or anything like that, or there's no special comment. You just kind of either have to use the comment types or you have to use the, the flow annotation, the at flow to get it to work properly. So it sounds like a lot of things have changed between, you know, especially since TypeScript 2.0 was released, because in the later half of 2.0, they've done a lot of things that focus on the developer experience. They focus on transforming a JavaScript project and the whole like migration process from JavaScript to TypeScript. So it, it used to be that it wasn't a real great idea to start adding TypeScript to a, an established significant project. It's become better and better to do that now as, as TypeScript can, you can add like the allow JS flag and you can start checking JavaScript files. Has TypeScript caught up to Flow or does Flow still definitely win in certain categories or, or how, you know, how have things progressed over time? So that's a great question. I think TypeScript has gotten a lot better and that might've been one of the primary motivations for using Flow in the beginning and get cracking is Flow is so much was so much easier to just drop into an existing project. You just add the flow preset to your Babel RC and then start adding flow annotations and you're pretty much good to go. So it was really easy to mix in and you just add the at flow comment and there you go, your JavaScript files just exist, right? If you didn't have a compiler step with Babel or something, then it might've been a big deal. But otherwise it was really simple and TypeScript has come a long way in making that process really simple as well. There are still some differences in terms of like the typing and some things that are different between the two, but in terms of the overall process, I actually think that they're pretty equivalent and I would just pick the one that you like better because TypeScript does do a pretty good job of integrating now in a new project. I guess, you know, if you really want to be legitimate about it, you got to change a lot of things to .ts and that might be a pain, but even in some of our TypeScript projects we've written here, we have some people that are UX designers only that use some weird UX libraries and the typing on those are non-existent. And so we let them get away with some very minor JS files and it's fine, it works great. Um, we don't have any real negative repercussions. So TypeScript's caught up a lot in the process and I actually favor the TypeScript process and I think it is better overall just because of everything else that comes with it. But in terms of like the startup and getting it in there, they're pretty equivalent. So new project, would you definitely use one over the other? Yes, I would personally definitely use TypeScript. And that's because of what? The productivity mainly. Like I said, the typing is, is good in TypeScript. It's good in Flow. They focus on a little bit different things. You know, Flow is about being very strict. TypeScript's about being productive, but still maintaining as much safety as possible. And that's kind of where I see myself as a developer as well. The tooling's easier to use. Uh, you don't have as much to set up. I mean, you get a lot of experimental features through just the TypeScript compiler, so there's not like Babel or anything you have to put in there if you don't want it. It seems to mesh in with Webpack well, meshes in with Gulp fine, so like the overall productivity of using TypeScript is just a little bit better in my opinion, and so I just, I prefer that. It's, it feels more iterative because I can constantly be type checking and coding and, you know, worrying about all those things at once as opposed to just writing a bunch of code and trying to type check. Yeah, that's the amazing thing with, with typed JavaScript is how long I can go without actually running the code. And it feels correct as I'm writing it because the tooling is offering me up uh, suggestions and error correcting and doing all of that. It's it's just amazing how, how much that's changed in, in like productivity over the, the past couple of years with typed JavaScript. Totally, I totally agree. Like TypeScript is amazing. And after I really started getting into it, you know, when I was using Flow last year a lot, we. We really only used Flow. We didn't really play with TypeScript much, and I'd played with it a little bit myself. But when I was just using Flow, 
seeing the problems I ran into in Geek Kraken, I was like, well, Flow is really useful in some areas, but it almost feels like it's 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 a lot more work than it's worth in some cases because things can be really simple. And it's like, well, might as well just deal with the few bugs we're going to run into when we're debugging this because the process is so difficult. But with TypeScript, I don't feel like that at all. I feel like you get a major advantage just by having it. And like you said, there's so far you can go without actually running the code because the strict type checking is just going to take care of a lot of it for you. And if you have good, you know, if you're using VS Code or something that has really good TypeScript support, like, I mean, it's just, you're in heaven, especially coming from raw JavaScript. You're like, wow, this is so much better. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so does Flow have an equivalent to TypeScript's ambient types? And that's just as a refresher for our listeners, that's the type declaration files that can be brought in with JavaScript code so that the TypeScript compiler understands and knows about the APIs available in that TypeScript library. Uh, is there an equivalent for Flow? So Flow does have a typing system like that. So like we have the .d.ts in TypeScript for module declarations, Flow has one that's very similar. So the process is slightly different. So when you have TypeScript and you want to install a new typing library, we're all probably familiar. You do at types in the name of the library. And if you're really lucky, the library has the .d.ts built in, whatever, and you, you just get the module types. But with Flow, there's a separate process called flow type that you actually install with the Yarn or NPM. And then you use flow type from the CLI to install the types. And you have to give them very specific versions. So say you want to do Redux, you would do flow type install Redux at 3.x.x or something. And it would give you Redux version 3, the most recent flow types. And what it does is it installs them into this folder called flow typed in your project under the root or wherever you decide to put it, and it installs them in code, your modules in code. So that's kind of nice that you can go in there and you can just change them right away, but it's also not kind of nice because you may not know if someone's changed something, you may not know if they're up to date, something like that, right? But anyway, those declarations look very similar to TypeScript. They have the declare keyword, declare module, whatever. They even have some global ones that you can use with like jQuery, so it could be declare var dollar of type any or type whatever, you know, and they look very similar. But they do act a little bit different. I was actually testing this last night because I wanted to know a little bit more about how the systems are different. And TypeScript's interesting because I could actually, in my index.ts, like my just my index file for my project, I could declare a var x as a number, right? And never actually give it an implementation, just declare it as a number. And then I could build a function that required a number and returned a number. And I could actually pass x into that function and everything would type check okay because it's assuming it's a global or whatever, right? And you can put it in a d.ts somewhere and just kind of have access to it, and that'd be helpful for something like jQuery. I tried to do the same thing with Flow, and it passes the type checker, but then it, it just like kind of is weird. If it doesn't, or I should say it, it passes the type checker, but doesn't actually t check the type properly. So I declared this global variable x of type number, I put it into a global module file, so that would be like globals.js.flow is what it would look like. And the autocomplete actually told me the type of it, but when I ran the type checker, it was like, I don't know what this thing is, like this thing doesn't exist. And you're like, oh, okay. So it needed that implementation. I don't know how to get just like globals that exist to work properly. I mean, I suppose if they exist like process, it'll be fine, but if they don't, and I'm just making something up, TypeScript actually passes the type system does, but Flow doesn't. Flow freaks out. So let me ask you a question that I, I kind of know the answer to already. If you have a definition, like a d.ts file in TypeScript, and you need to add to it or modify it, you can you know, just add another definition alongside it, 
and it'll merge those two definitions together as long as there's no incompatible types. Can you do that in Flow, or are you, is there a process of fixing rogue definitions or definitions that have not kept up versions and things like that? No, I don't think so. I, I'm pretty sure you have to either go in and manually fix whatever you're doing or create a new module yourself to define the types and just don't worry about the actual officially supported one. I've run into these problems before. Like, for instance, uh, React Redux, the typing isn't up to date today. At least the last time I used it, I was making the example for that meetup, and it wasn't up to date. I actually had to get the last version of it and then make changes to that to make it work with the current React Redux package. So that's another one of the problems is a lot of these modules now are falling out of date because it's not used as much as TypeScript, and then you have to just manually fix them. You can't do the module merging or anything like that. And when you're manually fixing them, you're changing the types in your vendored version on disk. Yeah. Yeah, because the flow type installs them into your, your root directory effectively under that flow type folder, you just go in there and change them, but it's a pain. Sounds like an adventure. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be, it can be. Very cool. So we already kind of talked about some of the gaps in in tooling, that, and that's kind of one of the main reasons that you prefer TypeScript over Flow. Do you see that getting better? Is there any upcoming changes? Is there a roadmap for, for Flow that you're aware of? That's a great question. As far as I know, the roadmap for Flow is closed. I can't seem to find it. From what I understand, it's just, it's that way. I view the Flow development as kind of something for Facebook. Facebook originally started Flow. I think they're just like, we're using Flow for what we need. It's open source because it can be. That's that. That may be wrong, and maybe we'll meet someone who's a Flow maintainer who can enlighten us a little bit more, but that's just what I've seen from it. So I have no idea. I have no idea what changes they're going to be making. I have no idea how much better it's going to get. I don't know, like for Windows especially, I'd be surprised if it got much better. Uh, Facebook tooling for other things seems to be just as bad on Windows. So, like, that, And that's a problem for me. As much as I love using Linux at home, I don't always get to use it at work, and then I have to deal with the weird kind of tooling issues. Um, and a lot of people do use Windows, right? So I have no idea how much better it's going to get. I have no idea what kind of features are going to exist soon in Flow. I really don't know. And that sucks. Yeah, that definitely seems like a... Does that mean there's not a huge community around Flow? I don't know what it looks like in terms of like filing bugs and, and dealing with issues and stuff like that. So they I have... Mean, Facebook is huge, right? So technically, it's got to be a huge community already, right? <laughs> yeah, you'd think by default, right? And it's probably pretty substantial, but the involvement isn't there, really. I mean, I don't know of a Flow meetup. Maybe there's one. I haven't looked super hard, I guess. I don't know if like groups were talking about Flow in large quantities. Aside from opening an issue on the flow bin or the flow repo from Facebook, I don't really know what you can do. You know, the docs aren't regularly updated, so there's lots of things in the docs that, that aren't in the docs that flow does. So as far as we know, they could be releasing all kinds of cool features and they're just not updating the docs, so we have no idea unless we go look through all of the PRs. So the community, as far as I can tell, isn't really there anymore. They might have been in the beginning. But you can just go look at the flow type repository that's equivalent to definitely typed. And I mean, it has a fraction of what definitely typed has. Definitely typed has thousands upon thousands of module types. Flow typed has a few hundred, maybe. Like, it's it's a lot less. And of those, how many are even up to date still? I have no idea. I mean, React Redux seems like a, a pretty big deal in terms of a library that you'd want to keep up to date. And it wasn't up to date as far as I can tell, unless I was using it wrong. I don't think it's there. I just, I think it's starting to really just be steamrolled by TypeScript more and more, and it's just the way it's going. And I would, I would say TypeScript's the winner at this point, but I might be jumping the gun. 
So you heard it here. Carson says flow is, sun <laughs> flow is sunset, and then TypeScript is the uh, migration path. Got it. I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna hear about this from someone. I know. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I mean, that's something that I'd like to hear. I mean, if if we have listeners, I'm sure there's a use case where flow definitely wins over TypeScript, and I'd love to hear more about that. I think there still are. I think the biggest use case, if you want flow to win over TypeScript, is if you want super strict, and you don't you know, super strict typing and you don't necessarily care about the productivity of it, or if you have a small repo and you just want everything to be like extraordinarily strict, granted, when you run into module issues, it kind of ruins that a little bit, right? So if you have an invalid module or something that's just not typed properly anymore, I mean, it doesn't help you much. So there's probably still other reasons. I might have some in my notes because I was playing around last night. I mean, the flow comment types are good, but because you don't have to actually transpile them out. So if you wanted to get some typing in there and just kind of run the tooling, then you, you have those. And you can comment type everything. There's no limitation. Every flow type you could potentially use, you can do as a comment type. And effectively wrap it in a comment, and it works. So there's that too. It kind of makes it so you some of the tooling doesn't have to be there. Granted, the transpilation step isn't the problem, in my opinion. So view it how you will. So there's still reasons to use flow, I think. But largely, for anything that I'm going to be shipping to customers, I'm probably going to be using... TypeScript because I have generally a timeline and I have a budget and you know there's costs associated with it and the productivity is so much better with TypeScript that those costs come down. Yeah, that's very interesting and a very good perspective on when thinking about doing that when when thinking about picking a type system. There's a good article by Ken Wheeler and I'll just point out one quote in it and he said that if you're if you're not using type JavaScript today, it's you're driving without a seatbelt on. And I think that that's <laughs> that's a pretty good comment. Uh, so regardless of what you pick, that's uh, definitely seems to be the direction that JavaScript is going. And I, I do like that it's not baked into the language itself, that it's something that you can choose to add on later. Uh, so yeah, I really like that. Yeah, having typed JavaScript, I mean, forget Flow or TypeScript, but just the amount of like errors that it fixes, the ability to like write code to solve your problems rather than debugging, and the ability to like not have to write the unit tests where people pass incorrect types, which nobody writes those unit tests. I mean, <laughs> nobody writes, you know, you have a you have something that calculates the addition of two like parameters. Nobody writes the unit test that says, oh, what if I put in two strings here and then there's not a number or something like that. Nobody writes those. And and so in in TypeScript, I can say, hey, these are numbers. And then TypeScript will tell other developers, hey, these are numbers, what the hell are you doing? And it it just makes it so much more productive and so much more safe and not have to fix those those issues. So I'm glad Flow exists. I'm glad TypeScript exists. And, you know, I'm glad that people are using them. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I think you should pick one or the other. It doesn't matter which one you use, really, uh, as long as you're getting what you need out of it. But yeah, the, the classification of bugs that just sort of start to disappear when you use TypeScript or Flow is is outrageous and granted it's not perfect because it isn't built into the language so there are times where you could have data coming in from somewhere that you think is one way and you just can't really truly verify it properly until runtime and that sucks and that'll always be kind of a problem but that's a problem with a lot of things i mean you could get an invalid javascript into a .NET api right or uh, invalid json payload into a .NET api and something could go wonky and it would probably just blow up the service but either way it's still a problem right so Typing only takes you so far, but even as far as it takes you is amazing. So Neil or Paul, have either of you used Flow before? If it counts trying it once a long time ago and saying, oh, this is neat, 
then sure, yeah. But I've never used it in a professional pro. I've never delivered something to production with Flow. Cool. And that's all that counts. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give my brief experience with Flow. I've never set up a project with it, but I did contribute a little bit to Code Sandbox, and that does use Flow in some areas. Oh, cool. And the, there were two really nice things that I liked about it. When I first started contributing, I could totally ignore flow, which is a little bit more difficult than TypeScript. You can't just go ignore it because the compiler will just scream at you unless you go change those settings. So I was really able to ignore it for a while. But then when I did want to go in and add that after I was prototyping and just kind of figuring out things a little bit, it was pretty easy to add in because it was very similar to TypeScript, like the, the type annotations part of it. So I did appreciate that. And it did seem to work without much setup for my editor. Like I got it working pretty quickly and, and was able to get immediate feedback from Flow. And, and that was pretty nice. That's awesome. I mean, that that's great. To be fair, you can ignore all the warnings in TypeScript and it'll still compile something out. <laughs> that is true. Yes, yeah. you want to. <laughs> so if you had like a, a preference for, for developing where you wanted to like just write your JavaScript and then come back and... I guess I'd imagine you want to make sure you'd have type coverage later, then flow might be a good choice is what I'm hearing, Nick, or at least you could appreciate that. Sure. From my very, very small contributions, that seemed to be a, a, an optimal way for me to go. But that's I didn't want to worry about types as I was just kind of fiddling with the code and trying to understand it. So it was nice that it was completely out of the way, and then I could bring it back in. And you can do that in TypeScript, really, but in the... TypeScript that, that we tend to write day to day, we're very strict. So we don't have any implicit any or anything like that. So it's it's a little bit more difficult to to just ignore it, especially when it's turning your editor red on every single line. Yeah, you have to you have to build up a tolerance to to that, Nick. You just ignore ignore your computer, ignore all the problem, ignore the the fire around you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell this is fine and just keep going. It's beautiful styling. That's how I like to look at it. Any other questions that we want to ask our resident flow expert? <laughs> oh, you've been labeled now. <laughs> oh, great. Great. I don't think so. I think I'm I think I'm all there. I think that's it for me. Like that that's a good kind of workup of flow and where it is and where it's come from and and where it is in conjunction with TypeScript and it, it was a really good talk to get that idea out. So anybody that's considering Flow or anybody that's currently using Flow and considering TypeScript can see the differences from kind of where it's come from and where we're at now and, and make that informed choice. So I think we got most of it. And if we didn't, we're on Twitter. So you can always hit us up there. <laughs> yeah, uh, that... Carson, are you on Twitter? Do you want people to know your, your Twitter handle and they can complain to you too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it's Carson underscore Howard, but I could be wrong. I don't use Twitter a whole lot yet. I'm just now starting to get back into the community in terms of social media. So you can go ahead and tweet me, but will there be a response? Depends on how angry it is, I guess. So very angry response is what I'm, I'm hearing. <laughs> really get Howard back into the community. <laughs> I think our, our Twitter handle is, is uh, TalkScript. Uh -huh. TalkScript, yeah. TalkScript. And Neil, you're potted meat on Twitter. Potted meat. Paul, you're developer Paul. Trying to keep it simple. Very nice and simple. And I'm Nick Nisi. Very simple. So cool. Thanks. I think that the big takeaway from this episode is type JavaScript wins, regardless of which way you go. And it's really cool that we have both of these products. TypeScript is a Microsoft creation. So it has a big company backing 
like that. Flow is a Facebook creation, so it has Facebook behind that, whether that's good or bad, as we, we discussed. So that's awesome that they're there. They're pushing it forward on both sides. And I'm just excited to see where the typed JavaScript community goes from here. So cool. Carson, anything else you want to shout out before we head out? No, I'm just, this was a ton of fun. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited to hear more talk script in the future. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.